Section 11 of Jane Austen's Juvenilia. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Jane Austen's Juvenilia. Section 11. The Female Philosopher and the First Act of a Comedy. The Female Philosopher. A Letter. My dear Louisa, your friend Mr. Miller called upon us yesterday, in his way to Bath, whither he is going for his health. Two of his daughters were with him, but the eldest and the three boys are with their mother in Sussex. Though you have often told me that Miss Miller was remarkably handsome, you never mentioned anything of her sister's beauty, yet they are certainly extremely pretty. I'll give you their description. Julia is eighteen with a countenance in which modesty, sense, and dignity are happily blended. She has a form which at once presents you with grace, elegance, and symmetry. Charlotte, who is just sixteen, is shorter than her sister, and though her figure cannot boast the easy dignity of Julia's, yet it has a pleasing plumpness, which is in a different way as estimable. She is fair, and her face is expressive, sometimes of softness the most bewitching, and at others of vivacity the most striking. She appears to have infinite wit, and a good humour unalterable. Her conversation during the half-hour they set with us was replete with humorous sallies, bonmots, and repartees, while the sensible, the amiable Julia uttered sentiments of morality worthy of a heart like her own. Mr. Miller appeared to answer the character I had always received of him. My father met him with that look of love, that social shake, and cordial kiss, which marked his gladness at beholding an old and valued friend, from whom through various circumstances he had been separated nearly twenty years. Mr. Miller observed, and very justly too, that many events had befallen each during that interval of time, which gave occasion to the lovely Julia for making most sensible reflections on the many changes in their situation which so long a period had occasioned, on the advantages of some, and the disadvantages of others. From this subject she made a short digression to the instability of human pleasures, and the uncertainty of their duration, which led her to observe that all earthly joys must be imperfect. She was proceeding to illustrate this doctrine by examples from the lives of great men, when the carriage came to the door, and the amiable moralist with her father and sister was obliged to depart, but not without a promise of spending five or six months with us on their return. We of course mentioned you, and I assure you that ample justice was done to your merits by all. "'Louisa Clark,' said I, is in general a very pleasant girl, yet sometimes her good humour is clouded by peevishness, envy, and spite. She neither wants understanding, or is without some pretensions to beauty, but these are so very trifling, that the value she sets on her personal charms, and the adorations she expects them to be offered, are at once a striking example of her vanity, her pride, and her folly. So said I, and, to my opinion, every one added weight by the concurrence of their own. Your affectionate, Arabella Smith. The First Act of a Comedy Characters Popgun, Maria, Charles, Pistoletta, Postilion, Hostess, 
chorus of plowboys, Cook, and Streffen and Chloe. Scene. An inn. Enter. Hostess, Charles, Maria, and Cook. Hostess to Maria. If the gentry in the lion should want beds, show them number nine. Maria. Yes, mistress. Exit Maria. Hostess to Cook. If their honours in the moon ask for the bill of fare, give it them. Cook. I wool, I wool. Exit Cook. Hostess to Charles. If their ladyships in the sun ring their bell, answer it. Charles. Yes, madam. Exeunt severally. Scene changes to the moon, and discovers Popgun and Pistoletta. Pistoletta. Pray, papa, how far is it to London? Popgun. My girl, my darling, my favourite of all my children, who art the picture of thy poor mother who died two months ago, with whom I am going to town to marry to Streffen, and to whom I mean to bequeath my whole estate, it wants seven miles. Scene changes to the sun. Enter Chloe and a chorus of ploughboys. Chloe. Where am I? At Hounslow. Where go I? To London. What to do? To be married. Unto whom? Unto Streffen. Who is he? A youth. Then I will sing a song. Song. I go to town, and when I come down, I shall be married to Streffen. Note the two E's. And that to me will be fun. Chorus. Be fun, be fun, be fun, and that to me will be fun. Enter Cook. Cook. Here is the bill of fare. Chloe reads. Two ducks, a leg of beef, a stinking partridge, and a tart. I will have the leg of beef and the partridge. Exit Cook. And now I will sing another song. Song. I am going to have my dinner, after which I shan't be thinner. I wish I had her streffen, for he would carve the partridge, if it should be a tough one. Chorus. Tough one, tough one, tough one, for he would carve the partridge, if it should be a tough one. Exit. Chloe and Chorus. Scene changes to the inside of the lion. Enter Streffen and Postilion. Streff. You drove me from Staines to this place, from whence I mean to go to town to marry Chloe. How much is your due? Post. Eighteen pence. Streff. Alas, my friend, I have but a bad guinea, with which I mean to support myself in town, but I will pawn to you an undirected letter that I received from Chloe. Post. Sir, I accept your offer. End of the first act. End of section 11. Read by Kara Schallenberg. www.kray.org. In July 2010 in San Diego, California.